1: You found your home for real sports talk, for real sports fans, 1700 KBGG.
2: Good afternoon, welcome in once again. It's the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon on 1700 KBGG. Trent Condon here with you. For the next hour, uh, two hours, as we talk the world of sports, Uh, a little busy getting ready for state baseball already underway at Principal Park as it started up last Friday with 1A and then again on Saturday. 2A took the field yesterday. Today, we'll have our first local team with the play-by-play as Carlisle will be in action. We'll have the Wildcats at 5 o'clock this evening in their matchup against Waverly-Shell Rock. Then tomorrow... A triple header of coverage all begins at 11 a.m. Walkie against West Des Moines Valley in Game One. After that wraps up, Game Two will be the Dragons from Johnston as they face off against Cedar Rapids, Washington. And the nightcap at 7:30 will bring you Urbindale against, <coughs> excuse me, against Marshalltown. Let's bring in Ken Miller as I'm choking to begin the program. Hi, Ken. Hi, Trent. You all right? I'm battling. I'm battling. How are you today? Good, good. Uh, up and at him uh, first thing, and uh, in the car and headed back to Des Moines. Well, let's get into it. As Kirk Ferentz took the podium bright and early, eight oh two. We'll hear that a little bit later in the program today. You also had an opportunity to talk with Gary Barta, the Iowa Athletic Director. We'll have that also coming up in the one o'clock hour. But uh, just set the scene for us a little bit. What you found out and what you heard from. Perkin crew over in Chicago.
3: Well, it was um, you know it was typical uh, the the very first session of the morning and you know yesterday I think Scott Frost Delaney was eleven thirty Scott Frost was the first coach up at noon and everybody was full of uh, vim and vigor and but it wasn't the case this morning at eight o'clock right so it was kind of a sleepy crew that uh, awaited Coach Ferentz and you'll hear the questions later on. Um, You know, thankfully for the Iowa media that was in attendance, as it's unfortunately been for the last few years, they, um, you know, there's kind of a lull in the action. I I don't understand it. And maybe, you you know, this is kind of personifies uh, Iowa as, and I'm going to use the word vanilla, and it's not a derogatory way at all, but that's kind of the way they are, and they've been doing very well being that trend uh, on the length of Ferentz's time there.
2: It's worked incredibly well for the Hawkeyes and what they've done over the 19 years. Of Kirk Ferentz, it is interesting though, and it's a little bit uncomfortable as you're waiting for that question. I've been in that room before and kind of looking around. Kirk, it's vanilla answers; it's a little bit boring. But you know, he's the elder statesman here. He has seen a lot, and you would think not just the Iowa media and they get him at the side and it's different. But you know, just for the Big Ten landscape as a whole. You'd want to get his perspective on on a lot of the question marks that have been out there throughout you know just not just this uh, press conference and media days, but all of them because he's been around for two decades.
3: No I couldn't agree with you more Trent, but um, you know that's not the case what uh, What I did take away from Ferris today was two, two things in particular. Well, he was asked about the the disparity, and that's been a big topic: East versus west. uh Paul Christ, I saw him uh, he was asked about it too. He didn't want to go there. really, none of them have. Uh, and Ference basically is what goes around comes around. He's been in the league a long time, and, you know, he remembers when it was the opposite. And, but the other two that really resonated with me was his uh, disdain for last year's punt game. It uh, was not good. and He said that he had to get better. But the biggest takeaway for me was when he was somebody asked him a question about uh, Nate Stanley, a junior being there. It might have been Mark, um, regardless of who it was. You know, he talked about the fact that today he's only brought to Josie Jewell, who was a redshirt junior when he appeared for the first time. Not the case with Stanley, as we know. This is his third year, not his fourth in the program. But then at the end, when he was talking about uh, he hopes to have an opportunity to bring Noah Fant to this event next year. Uh, he's not going to have an opportunity to bring <laughs> Noah Fant to this event next year, Trent, because Noah Fant's going to be going to an NFL camp uh, their opening is going to coincide with Big Ten media day next year. Now, he did point out that Desmond King came back. Brandon Sheriff came back for their senior years. It worked out well for both of them. I mean, King waited a little longer. He, it cost himself draft stock, clearly, to come back for his senior year. But he proved he could play in his second contract. He's going to get awarded, assuming there is a second contract. You know, and injuries don't curtail that. But um, just the fact that, you know, he brought up Noah Fant and uh, the hopes uh, that he can participate in this next year kind of resonated with me because I don't think there's any chance uh, in you know where that, uh, that Noah Fant's not going to uh, enter the uh, the NFL and certainly put his name in the draft to, to get some feedback uh, in early January, late December of this year.
2: If Fan is back this year, it means something went terribly wrong for yeah. Iowa. Either yep. he was injured or he just had a bad season. And coming on the heels of 11 touchdowns and he's out there and, those numbers dip, and he has twenty-seven catches for three hundred twelve yards and two TDs. Maybe it is a different type of conversation. Yep. If that's the case, that he plays 12, 13 games, Iowa I think is going to be in a world of hurt. Though it's, uh, yeah, wishful thinking. I think is a good way to put it. I want to go back to the punning game and yep. <laughs> punting, ta- punt talk on Sports Talk Radio. Probably not the biggest needle mover that you have. But it is important for Iowa. I think they are rock solid with Miguel Racinos. He had a great year a season ago. He has the leg. He improved the accuracy. I think they're good in that spot. But for what Iowa is, what they can be, the Gersande injury last year, did we maybe gloss over that a little bit too Mm. much after he went down last fall?
3: Fair question, Trent. Very good question because something clearly went wrong, and it it went so wrong that a year later we're talking about a punt game um, at, at, a, uh, at a media press conference attended by all Big Ten schools. So, yeah, I think that's probably fair, Trend to look at it that way. And, and look, there's going to be, at least you would think, uh, such a small margin for error when you're talking about Hawkeye football and in most years um, that special teams are going to play a big, big role in this. And, you know, the punting game is clearly a major factor. Um, and it can't be as bad as it was last year. It just It just can't be. They need more out of it. Um, and, you know, Ferentz, uh, for him to bring that up, uh, I think just drives home the point, the point just how you know, bad it was last year and how great a need for it is to get back on track this year.
2: So you got the punting game, you got special teams, Iowa, in terms of their coverage units were pretty good a season ago. What do you find out defensively? You know, what of my concerns still remains up front. The, the linebackers, I, I think, maybe at times are a little bit overstated when they had to go through this four years ago. They were replacing James Morris and Kirksey and Hitchens. And those three guys were replaced by basically three freshmen. It is different this year. At the very least, the guys have experience. Yeah, That's my perspective of it. But it's important up front. Cedric Lattimore, he can't play 13 games and only have 15 tackles this year. They need more out of him. They need Matt Nelson to be healthy this year. Brady yeah. Reef, after that suspension in game one. The defensive tackle spot still remains a concern to me. Any talk up front on that?
3: No, there wasn't. But you make it's a valid point, Trent. Because uh, they're they're stout on defensive ends. They really are. They got they got three of them, uh, a minimum of three of them, right? In, in, in Nelson, Hesse, and Epinesa. Uh But those those guys in the middle of that defensive line play such a huge, huge role in any defense. You know, clogging up the middle, allowing those linebackers to, to run around, and to to fill gaps, and to make plays. Um, so, potentially, Trent, you may be onto something there because, you know, on both of your points, I do, like you, think the linebackers may not going to be, you know, as stark a reminder what graduation can do as it has maybe some other years because of the fact that there's been some guys with some experience. And if the defensive tackle position can do what they're supposed to do, maybe the defense, um, you know, will allow those linebackers to look better than they, you know, than potentially they could be. So, uh, I think you know, I'd, I'd give you both of those points. You know, the other thing before I – I know you are going to play Barta later on, mm-hmm. but I thought – you know, a couple of things with Barta. Um, you know, I could see kind of the media envy from the non-Iowa media that would that walked out of the room and saw, you know, the gaggle of reporters around Gary Barta because they don't get that opportunity. Now, maybe they do it, you know, in their respective cities. I don't know that. But to get the athletic director for – 15, 20 minutes on any single topic that was out there, um, you could you could even listen to simple. You know, they don't think that that's necessarily something that, uh, you know, we should take we as Iowa media should take for granted because, you know, he fills in a lot of gaps and can write a lot of headlines, and he did again today, you know, with the scheduling, with the beer coming to Kinnick Stadium, and it's a matter of if not when that is going to happen. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen in time for next year, but it might you know it really and truly might because as he says as you know if the schools continue to go that way i was certainly not going to be the last one to do that it's all about the fan experience he said that a number of times he talked about the north end zone and you know there is going to be some inconvenience as they grow uh there it's it's going to be you know porta potties and temporary con- uh, concession stands but you've got to you know in order for that uh magnificent stadium and it truly is um, to, to take to, to move into this era. Um, they, they, you, you have to go through a little pain to get to where you want to be. So um, you know the fact that they wanted desperately to keep it at 70,000, that was just a number that made sense to them. They're not going to be able to do it. But he did say, as you will hear, that the architects that did it have found room that if you know if all the tickets are sold out and they need to expand, that there is opportunities, to expand historic Kinnick Stadium uh, and to get that number up over 70,000. So I thought those were two good talkers. He talked about the gambling and the injury reports. But, um, you know, Gary Barta, um, you know, for for his willingness to do that, and seemingly he does that every year, I think that's much appreciated by a lot of people that cover the Hawkeyes.
2: Looking forward to hearing that. Gary Barta coming up here in the 1 o'clock hour. Ken Miller joining us on his way back from Chicago. On a macro level, Ken, your, your takeaway from the conference, you mentioned the east-west divide got a whole lot of talk. What else uh, did you take away when you're looking at the conference as a whole?
3: Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll regionalize it a little bit, and I'll, and I'll go to stay in the west, um, just Nebraska, and they've got their eye on Iowa, and they want this. I mean, they both want Black Friday. Carter brings that up as well. He was asked by an Omaha reporter, I think it was Lee Barfnick, he was kind of off to my side, uh, from the Omaha World Herald, as you know, just how it went down with the previous regime at Nebraska and their seemingly willingness to walk away from that Black Friday window. And Barta was asked, did they just flat out call you up and say, you know, we don't want to do this anymore? And he said, no, he was, you know, he's political, that's how Gary is, um... You know, he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but they had numerous conversations and it was going to get to a point where whoever had the home game that year could dictate which day the game was on. So when the games were in Lincoln down the road, you could probably guarantee that if Nebraska and Iowa were the last game on the schedule, that that would be a Saturday. Conversely, if the game was at Kinnick, seemingly uh, Ference has come around now to you know, really appreciate that game, which wasn't the case. You know when it was first put on the schedule, just because coaches, as you know, are creatures of habit. Um, but that's the thing to me. Just the Iowa Nebraska, as we as they try to, you know, they they forced this rivalry on us in the past. They they truly did. Um, and in the years to come, and I think in the not so distant future, um, you know, and that's too far down the road. We're going to be talking about Nebraska and Iowa to end the year and. You know, maybe this is for a Big Ten West championship, because I do think Nebraska is on the rise again. I could put a ceiling on it. I'm not going to say they're going whack to whack it where they were, but they're not going to be a four-win football team forever under Scott Frost. But so, what I came away with is, um, I think, a willingness for Nebraska and Iowa to, uh, to take that Black Friday game to a level that maybe um, you know, we haven't seen it yet.
2: Dubliner? Cubs game, what, what was on the agenda last night before you had to get up so early this morning? You
3: know, I got read the right act, oh, and oh. Um, yeah, it was okay because she was right. Um, you know, we do the same thing every time we go, and we're going out of our comfort zone. Um, so we found a bar on the Chicago River that had just opened. We had a couple there, and went, we went to some small plate place, which mm-hmm. I'm not a real big fan of small plates. <laughs> um, but the food was fantastic. And I really had a great time. So at the end of the day, she was right again. Um, <laughs> she wins
2: <laughs> every single time. Every single time. We have yeah. to learn, don't we? We have to learn. We
3: never do, though, do no, we?
2: Never, never. Hey, Ken. Safe travels back and uh, off tomorrow with high school baseball here. The quarterfinal round of Class Four A. We will see you on Thursday. I look forward to it. Thanks, Trent, for uh, for covering things back there. Appreciate it. No problem at all. Ken Miller checking in from the road, making his way back from Chicago in Big Ten Media Days. we got a whole lot coming up with that in the 1 o'clock hour. But up next, Zubin Mahente is going to stop by from ESPN. He had an opportunity to meet the infamous Keith Oberman. On Sunday, Oberman uh, did SportsCenter for the first time in 20-plus years. I watched it. I thought it was outstanding. Politics aside, I am a Keith Oberman fan as a sports announcer. We will talk about that. His meeting with Oberman, and a whole lot more. Zubimahente comes up next. Also coming up this hour, we're going to talk baseball. Matt Snyder from CBS Sports is going to stop in. Then that 1 o'clock hour, Kirk Ferentz from earlier today. Gary Barta will be in. we got another edition of the Hawkeye Swarm with a look back at great running backs in Iowa history. It's a Hawkeye Power Hour in hour number two. Zubimahente is up next here on the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon on 1700. Afternoons,
1: we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on The Big Talker, 1700 KVGG.
2: Hey, guys. Trent Cotton and back here once again. Want to tell you a little bit about New Leaf Wellness Center. New Leaf Wellness has helped me lose weight, gain endurance during workouts, and one of the biggest things, have energy all day long. No more lulls during the afternoon. Great program, great people at New Leaf Wellness Center. Check them out today at 3930 Westtown Parkway in West Des Moines and all summer long give away iCubs tickets. Find out how New Leaf Wellness can help you or give them a call at 515-650-1358. That's 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness Centers. Let's feel better together and turn over a New Leaf with New Leaf Wellness.
1: Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from Unmet Expectations we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils.
4: Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. it roof it, once,
1: roof it right,
2: right roofing. By the time that we got up there, his room was filled with smoke. The wind had blown and drifted the snow up against the side of my house, blocking the exhaust from my furnace. I heard the smoke alarm going off in my friend's apartment. Without the the kid a smoke alarm my son would not be here today had it not
5: been for that carbon monoxide detector they would come to school and not have their teacher there i grabbed my fire extinguisher and put out the fire kid makes technology that saves lives
4: get these essential products at menards save more with liberty mutual insurance
1: hey what are you doing up here on the roof I want to tell the world I just met the woman of my dreams. What about you? I want to tell the world that Liberty Mutual saved me $782. Liberty did what? They saved me $782. Oh, you go first then. $782 really puts finding love into perspective.
4: Visit us
0: online to get a quote and you could save $782. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Based on a recent countrywide
2: new customer survey, coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, Equal Housing Insurer.
0: south of Douglas on
4: Merle Hay Road or at Christopher'sRareCoins.com. Baseball. Is there another professional sport that brings out as much passion and as many memories in their fans? Kevin, the flag guy here, We love baseball at Heartland Flags. Go Reds. We know what the flag means, and so do you. The classic pinstripes, the simple W, or the iconic throwback logos of your favorite team. Baseball is back, and it's time to fly your favorite team's flag. Shop in-store, 3719 Southwest 9th in Des Moines, or online at heartlandflags.com.
2: wolfconstruction.net
1: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans 1700
2: KBGG a back with you running solo here this afternoon Ken Miller just talked with Ken he is heading back from Chicago and Big Ten football media days but lined up right now one of our Good friends to the program, Zubin Mahente, who joins us here today from ESPN. You see him on SportsCenter and a whole bunch of platforms with the Four Letter Network. Zubin, what's going on?
6: Oh, not much. It's been actually the last two days I've been off. As a college football fan, the last two days Dabbo and Sabin have been on campus and I've been off Monday and Tuesday. So my <laughs> my timing is not exactly great. But uh if I was at work, I'd have a good couple stories about them. But uh it's getting closer. With those two guys showing up, you know it's getting
2: closer. We're getting there, no doubt. And they were at the forefront of a Big Ten media days. Quick aside, as a Rutgers alumnus, Zubin, Chris Ash, a guy that has a few ties back here to the state of Iowa. Does he have the trajectory at least heading in a positive direction in your mind at Rutgers? I think he does, but I still think the jury's out. I think the one thing
6: that Rutgers fans should temper themselves on, and obviously I'll keep this short because I don't think anybody <laughs> except me cares about this in your audience, um, is uh, there was a time where they were really close to kicking Greg Schiano out, too. He had actually come with a really good pedigree. He was the defensive coordinator at the University of Miami. He had a good Florida pipeline, which I know a lot of Iowa fans over the years. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, I'm going to say Fred Ruffle was from Iowa, Brad Banks, was from, excuse me, Fred Russell was from Florida. <laughs> uh, Brad Banks was from Florida, but he's playing junior college in Mississippi. So I think a lot of programs obviously have to establish some sort of Florida pipeline, and you know Iowa's been able to do it. Uh, Rutgers has done it through Shiano, but there was a time they were very close to getting um He was a New Jersey guy. I think he was one of the very first guys to understand what you're really walking into. It's sort of like Iowa State, you know. I think Dan McCartney, having grown up in Iowa City, the son of a police chief, having played at Iowa, you kind of understand the unique challenges that go along with the Iowa State job. Uh, Paul Rhodes, probably being from Ankeny, understood the challenges of having that job. Erstwhile, as you probably, I think we can probably agree, Gene Shizik probably didn't understand the challenges mm-hmm. that were going on at Iowa State. So I think in some ways, Shiano was just a native son and got it, but he was really close to being canned. And I think you could make an argument, I mean, I think it's a pretty safe argument, that he's one of the best coaches in any sport the school has ever hired, um, considering what he had to inherit. And obviously he was able to go from Rutgers to the NFL, which is pretty unbelievable when you think about it on its merits. But um, I would say that uh, he's moving in the right direction, but the people that are impatient, I would just say, look at what they were saying about Shiano and staying the course actually ended up being much more beneficial for Shiano and for the program, uh, as evidenced by that win, over South Florida, huge win over Louisville, a couple wins at the program generally probably was never going to be in contention to have. So I, I never think any fan base thinks their team is moving fast enough or improving fast enough, but I think it's a cautionary tale to just let it sort of ride out because the guy that most people consider the best guy to come through the program, a guy maybe just short of Bill Snyder considering what he had inherited, ended up being one of the best choices the school made. So I think you got to give him a little bit of time.
2: Well, the Big Ten, the uh, continued question remains between the East and the West. The haves and the have-nots, the four power conference teams over there, and then Wisconsin and everybody else over in the West. Is, Is that divide as big as maybe the national perception is? And outside of winning a couple of Big Ten championships, what else can the West do? Because demographics certainly aren't changing anytime soon.
6: Yeah, no, I think I think you can't overreact. I think, you know, we talked about this during the NBA season with the East and the West. And, you know, there was a time, you know, in the 90s where it was the East. And now it's clearly a time where it's the West. Now, things are a little bit different now because of things regarding free agency and how many guys are just moving in that direction. That's just a natural sort of organic way that you may not be able to do anything about. But I think in college football, it's pretty much the same way. I don't think you can overreact to the situation. Um, look, I mean, Michigan State generally is an excellent program. But, you know, the last two years, it's been a three-win team and a 10-win team. I generally believe they're much closer to the 10-win plateau. That three wins was atypical. But I think you could also say that Wisconsin, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Fred, I know there have been some qualifiers here. Wisconsin has played in four Big Ten championships. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, It's just a matter of them breaking through uh, one time. Now, obviously, I think you could take Nebraska's pedigree. pedigree. I'm not living in the past. I know a lot of people associated with the program are always living in the glory days. But if Nebraska is as good as it can be and they have probably the best coach to allow them to get there, i.e. modernizing their offensive, hook a little bit, bringing a hero home, a unifier. Unifiers are really important. You think about what happened post-Texas Tech with Mike Leach and a lot of other fan bases where you got to get a guy in that people are going to like. Um, if Nebraska cannot even achieve what they achieved under Osborne, I don't think that's feasible anymore. A lot of things have changed schedule-wise, um, demographics, people are on TV. Some of the advantages of Nebraska had back in the day, they don't have any more. But if they can get close, quote-unquote, get close, then I certainly think you've got a program to be feared. And I'll be honest with you, um, I understand with Iowa, it's probably once every you know, few years they make the run. But when you've got the longest tenured coach in the country, uh, I think you've got to give yourself a chance. I'm, I'm hearing a ton of people being bullish on Iowa this year. So I agree with you. It does seem a little imbalanced. But Wisconsin has proven itself to be one of the best programs in America. There's one in the West. Nebraska's probably not going to do it this year. Schedule is rough. But they certainly feel like I think they're trending in the right direction. Iowa is pretty darn consistent. Um, so, yeah, is it ever going to be Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, and Michigan? Probably not. But you never know. I mean, James Franklin could end up in the NFL. Urban Meyer could end up in the NFL. I think that's less likely, but I think Franklin could. And we're still waiting for Michigan to look like the Michigan we thought they would be. So, yeah, it's it's lopsided. But I certainly think if a few things went this way and a few things went sideways on the other side, it could be a little more equitable.
2: Zubin Mahente joining us here from ESPN. Zubin, uh, we were setting up our time to talk here today, and you had mentioned something that certainly gained my attention Sunday night I was tickled pink to see Keith Oberman. There had been a little bit of a buildup to it for people that follow sports media, knowing that was going to happen with SportsCenter on Sunday night. Seemed like the guy hadn't been away for, what is it, 20-plus years since the last time he hosted a sports SportsCenter? Is that right? June of 1997 it was. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll tell
6: you a quick story. Uh, so I had never met him before. And on Sunday nights, our schedule was pretty much this eastern time if you will Mm -hmm. uh six o'clock eastern sports center i do that baseball tonight at seven o'clock eastern which happened to be on the road to yankee stadium that particular night and then sunday night baseball obviously the mother nature was the big winner on sunday between the mets and the yankees but that's the idea sports center at six eastern baseball tonight at seven eastern sunday night baseball at eight so we're done at seven and we're hanging out a little bit and after the show we just you know i'm sure you and ken do this too like how did the show go what do you think what are we thinking about for the next show? Little, you know, chit-chat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my boss comes over to me and goes, Hey, what, have you met Keith? And Keith was just sitting there. And you got to remember, Keith was doing the show that night. For those of you that weren't watching, I know Trent obviously was watching. Keith was doing the show with Linda Cohn, right? So, like, I mean, you want to talk about a third wheel, Trent? Like, I'm just <laughs> standing there next to Keith Olbermann and Linda Cohn, the, the former who I think is tremendous, and the latter who is the longest-serving uh, current Sports Center anchor at 26 years, and one of the most important people to ever walk in the door uh, at ESPN, in my opinion. So I'm just like, what am I doing right here? <laughs> and so they're talking, and you know, my boss, Judge, was nice enough to introduce us. And so I've seen that he's going to be doing a variety of things for ESPN. Prior to showing up on Sunday, um, he has been doing a lot of cool essays for us, just some historical perspective on... He did things as crazy as, you know, the shift and why the shift isn't working. and People love the shift in baseball to how all the L.A. superstars uh, have a line for LeBron to come around. He's done some really interesting things. So I saw the, in some of the stories that have been written that he was going to be with us for about 20 shows. And I do Sports Center at night at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. So that's the only time I'm going to get to run into him. So when I saw that he was going to be around for 20 shows, I said, well, let me, let me go, quickly go talk to him because... I don't really do anything else right now. That's a pretty busy schedule I have. But this is the only time I'm really going to get to chat with him. And I said, I did the quick math in my head when I ran into him on Sunday. I think there's about 21 weeks left in the year. And so I'd seen that he was going to be with us for 20 shows. So I thought to myself, okay, maybe he'll be with us once a week in Bristol, which would be great. I'll have a chance to talk to him or whatever. So instead of saying, hey, are you going to be with us once a week, which is what my math calculations were telling me, I said, hey, how long are you going to be with us? And he goes, I don't know, until they get rid of me again. And it was just <laughs> one of those moments where I was just like, well, I probably should have went with it. You're going to be with us once a week. I left it pretty, uh, I left it pretty open-ended, and I guess he answered, I mean, that's a typical Keith type of answer. Um, but it was really funny, and he just kind of gave me a wink and a nod. Um, he's 59 years old. He's six foot 4 I'd actually never wow. really been around him. He's a very imposing guy, in a good way. Like I was like, wow, because... He was sitting down, and then he stood up to shake my hand. I was like, wow, I'm a, I'm a trapping 5'11", friend. So I was okay, like, you know, all right. it was, yeah, you know. So, it, But it was great to see him. Response was really good. Um, and I've said this before. Whatever you think about his politics, you know, obviously this is, we're a sports network. But the thing I really admired about him the most, and I don't know who you admired, you know, growing up, whether it was Zabal or I know Kevin Cooney was huge when I was working out there. The thing about him that you got to love is, other than Brian Gumbeltrand, I can't think, and maybe somebody in your audience will have something for me, I can't think of a couple of people that have really crossed over between news and sports and done it at the highest level. I mean, there's been some crossover, don't get me wrong, um, but in terms of like doing it at the extreme highest level, you're talking Sunday night football, like football night in America, one of the highest rated pregame shows, then the major political coverage, uh, he had filled in as anchor of NBC Nightly News, all the stuff on NBC, uh, MSNBC, all the stuff on ESPN. He obviously worked at Fox as well uh, and did some stuff with GQ Magazine. But in, in, he and Gumble are the two guys I can think of that crossed over between news and sports. Like, I mean, like major news. Like Gumble was doing the Olympics and the Today Show. That's an unbelievable one, too, considering most people spend a lifetime trying to do one thing, whether it's sports or news. And this guy, along with Gumble, and maybe somebody else in the audience will come up with somebody else, I guess. But that can really do both at the extreme highest level, the the biggest shows that are out there to do. So um, it was just an honor to meet him.
2: Very cool, and uh, love the story. And uh, the quip back from Oberman, no surprise. Very quick on his feed, a baseball savant, many people say. And uh, just, he's so good. He's so talented at whatever job that it may be. Zubin, is there a guy that you haven't worked with, a guy that you'd love to to do an hour of sports center with that's either still there or maybe an old-timer that if you, had a, if you had a Magic 8-ball and you could get anybody to come back, who would it be?
6: Yeah, I'd love to work with Van Pelt, but now Scott yeah. works by himself. Mm-hmm. Scott's been amazing to me. I remember, I'll tell you a quick story. When I first got to ESPN, it's a really, really big place. I don't know about your listeners. You look at all the... Places that you guys have worked in whatever business or industry you're in, and you know if, let's say you're working at like principal or something like that, it's just a massive place right it's just a massive place and where do you fit in and you know what's your role going to be um, whether it's your first job out of school or you're changing careers or whatever it is and I'm sure we've all you know Trent you worked in the school system right I mean mm-hmm. so many dynamics right I mean how am I going to fit in how does how is this going to work I mean I don't really know the kids I don't know anybody and so I remember I walked in there. I was in the gym one day. We had like an on-campus gym and uh, we were just in the uh, changing room and I was getting ready to go to work. He was getting ready to go to work. He was probably doing something a little more high profile than I was at the time. And he goes, "Um, um, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. Um, Which I thought was really cool for a guy that, you know, is one of our top guys. And, you know, here I am like my third day, you know, just trying to swipe in with my badge and trying to get from place to place. And we sat down one day and we talked in the cafeteria for about a half hour. And I always remember the one thing he said to me, he goes, hey, you're on the team. Now it's just a matter of finding your place in the batting order. And it was actually one of the – it was such a sports cliche, but it was one of the best things I had ever heard because there's so much going on here, TV, radio, Internet. And this was years before our ESPN Plus or the ESPN app. I mean, this is just – I'm talking TV, radio, Internet, print, magazine. And even then that seemed gigantic. And he said, listen, you're here now. It's just a matter of finding out where you fit in. And there's really nothing to be said more – than the experience. I mean, Scott's been working here for 18 years, you know, when he's hosted the Masters, he's been on SportsCenter. Um, he's done a lot of great things. He's on Monday Night Football now during the Halftime Report. So that's a guy who I'd love to work with because he was great to me. But I also think, to your point, Trent, with the quick on the feet, the wittiness, I think Scott is right there with Keith. Keith is more identified with baseball, but to me, Scott is definitely on that list. And because of that, he's earned himself the right to have his own show which does really, really well. But if there was ever just like a one-day stopover and I could sit and work with him for one day, I think I'd really like it because I know I'd laugh sitting next to the guy, and I think that's really the essence of what we're doing. Two guys, two gals, a guy and a gal sitting on their couch watching sports, and we're just doing it sitting at a desk and having that conversational manner. I've always said about Scott, he's one of the very few guys in today's culture that doesn't have to scream to be heard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, He's yeah. the kind of guy that's a laid-back guy. He's kind of a golf guy. He's kind of a cool guy. And he can get his message across without screaming. And I think today, obviously, we kind of live in a volume society and this, that, and whatever. And you've got to be loud to be heard. He's one of those guys that doesn't need to raise his voice a single octave or iota in order to get his point across uh, and be heard. So that's probably the one guy I would choose. But uh, he's doing a really good job on his show. So right now, that's probably still a fantasy and not a reality.
2: Good stuff, Zuba. Well, my guy is uh, one that's no longer there, and I don't even know where he is anymore, Craig Kilbourne. He was my favorite growing up and uh, always made me laugh, followed him to The Daily Show, though The Daily Show became much bigger after he left. Kilborn. you ever seen Craig Kilbourne running around?
6: I have not. I know for a while uh, he had disappeared for a long time, and he had then launched a show called The Kilbourne Files which is actually like an early evening sort of dinner-type program. Uh, and that, I think that lasted maybe around six weeks or so. But I think, you know, you've got to think about it. There are a handful of people that are still around when Craig was around. And I think the thing with those guys is, to me, it's sort of the idea that you look at a guy like that and you say, have you ever watched that show, Sports Night, which was on ABC yeah. for a long time? One of the characters was loosely based on him. And it's one of those things where that's a pretty good message to leave. Now, obviously, he left for The Daily Show, like you said, which obviously has since become uh, a cultural phenomenon, particularly with Jon Stewart and now with Trevor Noah. And then to be honest with you, Trent, I think there's a lot of people that would tell you that he upgraded from The Daily Show, even though that seemed like a a crazy thing to say, to go to broadcast network television to work post-David Letterman. I think there's a lot of people that would tell you if you took certain parameters into account, that would be – a bigger job than the one he had at the Daily Show, because as you said, the Daily Show was not in its current iteration uh, back then. So to me, it just sort of it, it could actually go back to our corollary about Overman, right? I mean, yeah. that's a pretty impressive leap to just go from doing NBA scores and highlights, which is what he loved more than anything. People tell me, um, to being a guy that launched a show that is still going twenty years later strong, and then went from that to interviewing celebrities. It's a completely different skill set, right? I mean. But when you're calling play-by-play for high school baseball, it's 100% different than talking to a studio in guests or on the road and being able to definitely switch back and forth. I think that's something. But you're right. I really haven't heard from them much. I do remember when SportsCenter, if I'm not really, you can probably find it on YouTube, because um, I, was, I was there way after, like, Dan Patrick and obviously Keith uh, this time around. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure when SportsCenter, uh, next year ESPN's turning 40. But when SportsCenter turned 25, they had an anniversary special, and I'm almost positive that Keith—excuse me—that Craig Kilborn came to anchor that. Um, and so, if you're any Kilborn fans out there, I think if you YouTube Craig Kilborn ESPN 25th anniversary, if you wanted a trip down a Jumanji trip down memory lane, I'm pretty sure that he anchored that. So that's probably the best I could give you. But yeah, another guy that was totally versatile in what he could do.
2: Very cool. Very good stuff as always, Zubin. And uh, fun to go down memory lane as well. Thanks, as always, for your time. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, Trent. That's Zubin Mahente. See him on ESPN Sports Center and joins us here on 1700. Speaking of uh, Iowa footballs, we got a lot more coming up with that. Kirk Ferentz will be with us later on, and we started the conversation with Zubin on uh, Big Ten football. We have Kirk Ferentz, Gary Barta coming up in the next hour. Also coming up later this week. It's the TNT football camp, the all-star football camp out at Valley High School. Chance for your youngster to get involved ages 7 through 14. Well, right now, we're giving away a camp for free. That's right. Dial up right now at 264-1700. You got a youngster ages 7 to 14 interested in football, interested from learning from Tim Dwight, Tavian Banks, and great coaches across the Midwest, give us a call right now, 515-264-1700. We'll get you hooked up, your youngster, with a free trip into the TNT All-Star Camp. Again, 515-264-1700. Son, daughter, nephew, grandson, whatever it may be, looking for a young guy to get interested in the sport, we can hook you up at 264-1700. Talking baseball next with Matt Snyder.
1: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700
2: KBGG. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa that can assist in your franchise needs. Rush Niggett of Brick Gentry PC provides law services for those involved in starting a franchise. Find more information online at RushOnBusiness.com. Where Rush can assist you in buying and starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school baseball season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry PC and Rush Nigget.
0: Walk, run, or wag your way to Terra Park in Johnston on September 22nd for the ARL's Iowa Dog Jog, presented by Anderson Animal Hospital. The 4K and 2K course winds around the scenic Terra Lake, and afterward, you and your pup can unleash in the pop-up dog parks and visit with local vendors. It's basically a big dog party. Sign up as an individual or as a team to fundraise for the homeless pets at the ARL. Register today at iowadogjog.com.
1: It doesn't get much better than a great day on the golf course. Family-owned River Valley Golf Course is a par 72, 18-hole public golf course along the beautiful Raccoon River Valley. With twilight specials every day after 4 p.m., frequent player programs, a clubhouse available for parties, and much more. River Valley is just minutes west of the Des Moines-Waukee area. Learn more at rivervalleygolf.com. That's rivervalleygolf.com. River Valley, your golf course.
0: If you're a pro, you don't buy a little of this or that. You buy a lot of this or that. And at the Home Depot, you save even more. Save up to 15% in bulk discounts on select pro-grade products from top brands like 3M, Loctite, and Liquid Nails. As a pro, you work hard for your money. You shouldn't have to work hard to save it. Up to 15% in bulk discounts on select pro-grade products. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. See store for details. Walgreens has good news for anyone managing diabetes. We've got your back. That's right. Walgreens pharmacists are here to consult with you in person and answer any questions you may have about new and existing medications. You can even get free advice from our trusted experts day and night at walgreens.com or the mobile app. Walgreens has all major brands of diabetes testing supplies like AccuCheck and Walgreens Dremetrics. That's not just good news, it's great news. Stop by and talk to your Walgreens pharmacist today. Walgreens, trusted since 1901.
2: Go to alc.org/walk to register for an event near you. Together, we can end Alzheimer's.
0: The t
5: football camp is back in central Iowa. Join myself, Tavion Banks.
1: Tavion Banks on the second play from scrimmage. Inside the twenty. forget about it. Touchdown,
5: Iowa. Along with Tim Dwight. Superman
1: wears number six, and he plays for the Iowa. Guys. Touchdown.
5: July 27th and 28th at Valley High School for the TNT football camp. Players ages 7 through 14 will experience
3: football fundamentals taught by the best high school coaches in the Midwest. Find more information
1: at TNTCamps.com. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KB.
2: Back with you, running solo here this afternoon. Ken checked in earlier in the hour on his way back from Chicago and Big Ten football media days. Time to talk a little baseball, though. Though we can start with football. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. You hear him a lot of commentating, not just on baseball, but from hoop season from time to time because he's an Indiana alum. Not much during the fall, though. I guess, well, baseball just keeps <laughs> your attention. Is that what it is? Well I mean, I
5: still pay attention, okay. I mean I hate the people who who just pick and choose and and i'm I'm totally anti fair weather, so you know, I watched most of the games last year, like when I'm at the world series the the Indiana football games are never on like national t v you know so I can't really find a place to watch it but uh yeah i mean when i'm when I'm around home, I always watch, but uh, I, I get frustrated a lot. <laughs> Not, not really in a huge way, it's just more expected,
2: I guess. Yeah, I get you. I understand that, certainly, and uh, I get where you're coming from there. But we're not here to talk Big Ten football. we got enough of that so far today. We're here to talk a, a little bit of baseball, and the uh, the Cubs are just continuing to throw guys out from Friday against the Cardinals. It was, what, LaStella out there? Who else? And we saw two a couple other different guys. Uh, I was just chuckling watching Tarotini, the whole thing. Hap. Yeah, yeah and, that, yeah. and then last night, Rizzo... It felt like you took it to another level. Yeah, that was
5: fun, actually. I mean, I think position players' pitching has gotten, it's starting to jump the shark this season, but you could tell, for anybody watching, when Caratini came in, you could tell Rizzo was so mad that he didn't get to do it. And so when they got to the point that Caratini got three outs and there was no traffic and there was only one out left to get the game, you know, Matt's like, all right, I just got to do it now or he's never going to leave me alone. And after the game, Rizzo said he's good, he never wants to pitch again, and I think it was on the score this morning Madden said uh, "Like uh, he, he, I knew that he was never going to shut up until I let him pitch. But I, I've also seen some complaining. And there's a lot of circumstances here. Like most teams played three games after the All-Star break heading into Monday. The Cubs have played five, and they're already down a man with Hugh Darvish hurt. Tyler Chatwood already has problems getting through like five innings. Kyle Hendricks struggled in his start. Lester was awful in his start, his worst start of the year by far. Uh, they kind of had to not waste any more bullpen in that Lester start because they knew there was a double doubleheader the next day. Well, now all the bullpen arms are so worn down, and Farrell gave them nothing last night. They're just running out of guys, and I know it was only six runs, but the likelihood of coming back from six was bad anyway. There was no reason to waste another bullpen arm. And, oh, by the way, Caratini and Rizzo didn't give up any runs anyway, <laughs> so there was no harm there. Uh, instead, we just – the Cubs, from Madden's point of view, he's probably thinking, we don't – want to use Carl Edwards Jr. or Pedro Strope right now, you know, and uh, with Morrow on the DL, it especially complicates things, so I don't think it was a bad move at all, the, the only thing I thought was bad was starting Farrell in the first place, when you've got guys like Dwayne Underwood and Flash from, from the past, easy for me to say, Casey Coleman in Triple A, who are actually starters, uh, I'd like to see one of those guys get a shot before they try to use Farrell to get through three innings again.
2: Yeah, it didn't work out very well, an ugly one in game one against the Diamondbacks. Well, the good news, they bounced back, took two out of three after having to use all those guys on Friday against the Cards and and certainly hoping for the same there. As you look at the Cubs retooling going to happen at some part, it looks like arms makes the most sense. Is there a guy on your wish list, a realistic one? Of course, you'd love to have Syndergaard, DeGrom, something like that, but something more down the line that you look at and say, I'd like the Cubs to get that guy. I think he can make a big difference.
5: I think it's going to be more patchwork. I don't think they're going to be in a crunch anymore uh, where it's going to be somebody like Farrell again. You know, that, that was the biggest crunch that, of the season right there, having to throw him last night. The rest of the way, they should be able to get by with the five starters ahead, but you don't want to just get by. I mean, as long as you're in first place and, you know, best record in the National League, it's not urgent by any stretch, but Chatwood struggles kind of give you pause. Montgomery – really should be more of a swing-long man, and that kind of gives you pause. So you'd like to add somebody else, knowing that you probably can't count on Darvish coming back and being strong until maybe September at the earliest. Uh, somebody like James Shields, who you know can reliably give you six innings and can save the bullpen, because at some point the bullpen's going to run out of gas. Um, Cole Hamels would be the guy with a higher price tag in terms of salary, not necessarily in terms of the return. And, and even look at the guys like if, if the Orioles try to sell Kevin Gossman, or even Dylan Bundio is higher upside. I know their numbers aren't good, but that's the AL East in a big-time hitter's ballpark where they have to face the Red Sox and Yankees a lot. They, the, the Blue Jays a few years ago were a juggernaut offense. And we've seen a lot of change of scenery. Guys from the Orioles do a lot better when they come over to the National League, and the name that, of course, comes to mind is Jake Arietta
2: mm-hmm. Speaking of Arietta, he's part of that mix out in the National League East that – Convoluted. We've been waiting for the Nationals. When are they going to catch up and, and take all that talent? They get dispatched last night pretty easily. Watch a lot of that game against the Brewers. What do you look at the NL East, uh, sort it out for me. What what do you think? How is this going to turn out in your estimation?
5: Uh, I mean, neither the Braves or Phillies are imposing at, at this point. It, it looks like they're just going to kind of settle into mid-80s and wins, maybe high 80s if somebody gets hot. Obviously, a trade deadline is going to make a difference there. But with the Nationals something just seems broken. Yeah. So I kind of feel like they're gonna we're gonna end up watching a, a three team race where it's gonna end up being nobody gets to ninety wins, maybe whoever gets to eighty seven or eighty eight wins first wins the division.
2: Not overly compelling. And speaking of not overly compelling <laughs> We go to the American League. Now Oakland continues to chip back. Matt, I think we talked about this maybe a couple weeks ago. You looked at, you know, just run differential, things like that. It just didn't look very sustainable for Seattle. But outside of that, now the lead is up to six for it, for the Red Sox over the Yankees. Selmy, so what do I have excited to watch in the American League?
5: Uh... I guess the second wild card race, uh, Mariners and A's. If people like staying up, it's only two hours behind you guys. Right. So not near as late. Um, The A's are fun. It it, it is weird, though, to see, like, Edwin Jackson and Trevor Cahill be in their rotation and think this has been the best team in baseball for the last month-plus. That doesn't seem sustainable at all, but neither does the Mariners run. So uh, maybe those teams will be duking it out. Um you know, it's. I don't know who else could jump into that. The Rays are nine behind, so that just doesn't seem realistic. So I guess it's a got two-team race there. If one of those teams falls back and the other keeps playing well, then we're left with nothing, just hoping for the playoffs to get here. And then it will be compelling because I do feel like the American League is going to be awesome baseball in October.
2: We get to October. Well, we still got a long, long ways before that. Long way. Looking forward to it. Hey, as always, good catching up with you, Matt. Thank you so much for your time today.
5: All right. Have a good one.
2: That's Matt Snyder with CBSSports.com. He's joining us here on the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon on 1700 KBGG. From baseball back to football. We're heading there next, Kirk Ferentz. He was in Chicago today, as was Ken Miller Uh, Heard from him. We will play that interview from his press conference about 10 minutes with Kirk Ferentz from earlier today. Talks about Nate Stanley being only the second junior ever to make his way over under the Ferentz regime to Chicago for Big Ten Media Day. Talked about the offensive line and, more importantly, that center position with James Daniels departing. Gets into that, the East-West divide, and a whole lot more. Kirk Ferentz kicks off our number two next.
1: Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough.
0: Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? 515 650 1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time. 515 650 1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515 650 1358. That's 515 650 1358.
2: Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa that can assist in your franchise needs. Rush Niggett of Brick Gentry PC provides law services for those involved in starting a franchise. Find more information online at RushOnBusiness.com where Rushnigget can assist you in buying and starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school baseball season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry PC and Rush Nigget. Imagine that there's a place where you can have a good time and do good too. At the Blank Park Zoo, you can. There's a whole world of animals to discover. Tons of fun things to do. And so many cool things to see. And the whole time you're having fun, you're actually helping animals. How awesome is that? Every trip to the zoo is an adventure and a chance to help threatened wildlife everywhere. Imagine that.
1: I'm KFC's Extra Crispy Colonel, and you're the extra busy regular person who has to make dinner for a family of four. But you can shirk that responsibility because my extra crispy $20 fill-up from KFC contains eight pieces of freshly double-breaded extra crispy chicken, four biscuits, two orders of mashed potatoes, and a side of coleslaw for just $20. That'll
0: feed them. KFC, it's extra crispy good. Pricing and participation may vary. Tax and substitutions extra. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then if rates go up,
3: your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN
0: or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only ballot on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
1: Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations. We overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag
4: our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. That's rightroofing.com with an R.
1: Roof it once, roof it right, right
2: roofing. Are you in the mood for real, classic, homemade Italian food? Well, I have the spot for you. It's Bellagio. Two locations. The newest location in Urbandale, 2675 100th Street. The original in Norwalk. Classic dishes like cavatelli, spaghetti, lasagna, and vodka rigatoni. Top-notch pizza and awesome sandwiches. A great happy hour and Italian done right.